Hi everybody, welcome back to episode 6 of Matriarch the Podcast. Today's episode um, is the first, well, we did the sisters episode last week and that did touch a lot on dad and grief, that's really what we talked about. If you haven't listened to it, um, feel free to, it's an hour long, it's quite intense, um, but there's a lot of laughter as well and then it's a really nice one, my sisters are everything to me that everything for matriarch and and it was so so fun and so brilliant to record so thank you for all the lovely um interaction on that it's so great to see people were loving it but today's episode um is also going to be about grief but it's going to be about my grief and my experience of losing my lovely father over a year ago now so trigger warning putting it out there um it will be to do with kind of grief mental health um death heart attacks all that kind of all that kind of stuff um but yeah thank you for listening I hope you do enjoy this and find any comfort that you can in it and if you ever need any help or source of strength matriarch is always here we do lots of grief related work from resources to podcasts to kind of everything so head over to our instagram page at mtrrch if you're looking for any more help or guidelines whether you're someone going through the process yourself or someone helping hopefully this will help someone this episode all my love to you i hope you enjoy this So today's episode, as you've just heard, is going to be about grief. So I'm putting a few trigger warnings out there now again um, to do with grief, death, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I thought today might be a really nice one just to kind of just let's just talk about it. You know, let's just let's just talk about grief. Usually I plan out these podcast episodes quite well. I really scope them out um, with kind of particulars I want to get across but I think if anything I don't, that's what I don't want to do with this episode because I think it's really important to just talk about it and actually the sisters episode that we just did um again it's, it's available to listen to now that really covered a lot of stuff and we didn't plan it too much and I think that the organic environment was just really really helpful so today I'm just going to talk about my kind of experience I guess my process um through grief like I said it's been over a year now and I'm 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 definitely ready to talk about it I've been talking about it a lot as I said I've written lots of blog posts on this made lots of resources and I talk about my grief very openly I think that's been a really really big healer but I'll get to that later um so so where do we start well I guess we start at the beginning um I very much see my life now and I think a lot of people do get this where you see your life pre and post dad and or pre pre and post that person you lost. So our lovely father, our lovely dad, Deeks, daddy, um, whatever you want to call him, he was ours and he's mine and he was everything. He is my everything, he's my world, he is my best friend. Um he was my dad, you know, my 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 dad. Um, it's kind of interesting to speak about him like this, I guess, and introducing, it's interesting introducing him to people now that he's passed away. But again, I'm, I'm getting off topic, we'll talk about that later. Um, but my lovely dad um, passed away on the 17th of June, 2020. It was, I, I'd been in lockdown in London with Sita and uh, Mara was living in Sussex, kind of Brighton area. 
and mum and dad were living at home with our grandmother and my mum had been shielding both of them um, because they're both very at risk they got the letters all that kind of stuff um and we we were fine and every evening we had a family FaceTime call at 7pm because we we were such a, we are such a connected family. We talk all the time. I now FaceTime my family like two to three times a day. Like we are constantly in communication and I love that. And we were like that before, but just to have that family time, I guess, you know, we were a family who organized to see each other at least once a month you know at least once a month we would have a family meetup on a weekend so to go from that to nothing for three four months for the foreseeable future that was really scary for all of us so these family facetimes at 7 p.m every evening they they really were lovely and actually they were the thing that I was looking I, I started to look forward to every day I did a blog post about this where I talked about how when everything's kind of stripped back, when life is just kind of stripped back to kind of the basics and and that's kind of what we had in lockdown, you really started to appreciate those smaller things like exercise or calling your family or whatever. And so on the night of the 16th of June, we had our family FaceTime and, and we talked about this in the sisters episode, but that was one of the funniest and loveliest calls because my mum was having a shower so it was just my dad and me and my sisters and we were just having (laughs) so much banter like we were just like talking about loads of stuff like one of the most notable conversations we had was about like um dad walking us down the aisle on our wedding days and and we were teasing him for the fact that he was probably gonna cry and all that and we were just laughing like I still have screenshots from that call and we were all just laughing so much because dad was making me laugh um making all of us laugh and it was just lovely it was just really really lovely and the next day I got on with myself I I um I worked out I think I did some work um I was just kind of you know doing my normal thing and at about 6 p.m um ish I think I'm not quite sure to be honest but about 6 p.m my mum called me which was really strange because um if if our parents ever tried to call us they'd always either call from dad's phone or the home phone never really mum's phone um and mum would never normally call or text us unless she kind of was was uh, like had something to kind of ask really it would always be like we'd FaceTime each other from dad's phone that was just kind of the way we did things so I thought it was odd and I picked up the phone and mum had called to say that our dad had collapsed um, from a heart attack in the garage and that we needed to we needed to come. And so we we drove down and in the car, whilst we were in the car, about 20 minutes into the car, mum called back to say that dad had passed away. And he passed away from a big heart attack. And that was it. And that was the kind of the moment, I guess, the day, whatever, the phone call that my life chopped in half of pre-dad and post-dad and my dad died <laughs> what what do you do with that where where does that leave you who who are you at that point and um we drove down to we drove back home from london and it was it was i don't, I don't really remember that car journey to be honest i remember crying a lot screaming a lot calling and telling the people that I needed to call it's a very it's an incredibly surreal experience really when that happens because you don't know there's no protocol right there's no training for it no one tells you what to do you're never prepped for a situation like that 
and it was so out the blue you know I I, I was on the phone to him a matter hours before hours before he was showing me what he was having for lunch he made these weird <laughs> leftover fish cakes out of old mashed potatoes like frozen veg some leftover salmon from the night before like he loved doing that and just making weird food and and I was just talking to him and I rushed that phone call and I and I wish every day I wish I hadn't done that but I rushed that phone call because I had stuff to get on and I was like dad 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 come on I've got stuff to do and then a few hours later he was gone and because of lockdown I actually hadn't seen my dad or my parents since February and this was now June so to go from not seeing them at all, being in lockdown, and then suddenly they're gone and you're never going to see them again, that was weird. That that was incredibly weird. And I think that was one of the things that made it even more surreal and overwhelming. It's this person who, he's my everything, he's my life, and I can't even have them back. I can't hold them again. I And, and I can't remember the last time I held them. I can't remember the last time I, I kissed them or hugged them or held their hand. And so we got back home and I really needed the toilet. So before even going to see my dad in the garage, I went to the toilet, which which even to this moment, like I still think is so weird. Like, but what are you meant to do? Like I was gonna wet myself, but what are you what are you meant to do? Like I, I just had to I knew that my my dad had passed away and he was in the garage, but I still needed the toilet. Like it is it's one of those bizarre situations where you're just like all sense goes out the window and yet you still remember you remember that you still have to function because you're still a human being, you're still living, breathing. You still have to go to the toilet or drink water or whatever. And so um we went to the garage and I was with Sita and Sita was hesitant but I left her in and we went and he he was just there and he was lying there and he looked like he was sleeping and and that was our dad you know this this beautiful ray of sunshine who we hadn't seen in months was just lying there and he looked like he was just lying there asleep on the floor and that was it and you know the ambulance had been and and whatever, but it, he he was very much gone and 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 that was it. And we held him for for a matter of like hours, I think. I think for about three or four hours. And um, people came to say their goodbyes. Luckily, mum um, they wanted to take him away. I think because of COVID, because um, policies or whatever were happening at that time. But because mum had shielded them. Um, luckily we were allowed they they kind of kept dad there so that all of his daughters could say goodbye so me see tomorrow all arrived we said our goodbyes they took him away and then we went back in the house and I offered to make I started making tea for people and we had to eat and and just sit and exist and in that moment when that happens you you feel bizarre you feel absurd because you're existing without one of the people that you lived for so all of a sudden it, it is it is just the most surreal experience where you cannot you cannot kind of make sense of anything and you you can't really comprehend that feeling until you're in that moment because you have no idea <laughs> what to do or how to feel or or how how do you go on I texted my dad constantly. I called him 
constantly, I, I, I was always talking to him. We were always thinking about each other. We were in our family. We we're always thinking about each other. How do I carry on? Where do I go from here? And so that was the 17th of June, 2020. You know, that happened. It was what it was. And the next few days were weird. They were intense. They were the most emotionally intense of my life. In fact, the next day, that was when kind of more people found out. And it was just absurd and I remember that my best friend Yaz actually had texted me and said do you like do you need anything and this was actually one of one of the best responses I I had looking back on it because she responded very practically and she was just like let me I'm gonna go buy you groceries you know I, I bread milk whatever and she dropped them off and I just remember her getting out the car and she clearly been crying and um, we we couldn't hug each other because of lockdown was still happening and so this was my best friend of like 15 years who I just had to talk to and wave at. She couldn't even hug me because my dad had just died. Not because my dad had just died. My dad had just died and she couldn't do that. It's weird. It's really, really weird. Um, and that next day was so much intense getting calls from God knows how many people, flowers after flowers. Our house was literally like a florist. I think anyone who's lost someone can tell you that. Um, and it was just absurd. And, and, and I, I was waking up crying. I was going to sleep crying. I was waking up laughing. I was going to sleep laughing. Like I, I can't tell you the range of emotions you feel in 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 a, in a period of time like that it is absurd um i was feeling kind of everything and yeah i was still living and and you you think back to that moment and you just think okay that person's gone but i still carried on and you know what you have to it is a very and i say this quite often with grief but i think when someone dies, especially when it's, you know, someone who is so integral to you and who you are in your life, it is very much a fight or flight response. It's very much, I'm going to either shut down because I cannot deal with this, which is a completely valid response, which on some days I did do, which all of us did, or it's a, okay, this has happened, but how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to keep going? And you figure it out and you fight for it and you, you've just got to keep going. And some days it's exhausting, some days you can't. But most of the time you do. And I think this was, this was we had a lot of realisation. I sound like Kylie Jenner. <laughs> so ridiculous. But we had a lot of realisation in that first period because I honestly felt like I had gained about 30 years of my life overnight instantly I, I was no longer this 19 year old girl who was going into her third year of uni and um was just gonna try and live her best life with her friends I was suddenly like a 19 year old girl with the responsibilities and the life experience of a 50 year old I swear to god it's like and and talk since then talking to other friends who have also lost parents it is a very very similar understanding that that is what it feels like it feels like because you're no you're no longer a 19 year old girl you are then someone whose parent has died and you have to you don't have a dad anymore <laughs> you know you don't have one of the foundational blocks to your life anymore 
you overnight in in a moment you have to scrap all of the dreams and hopes and plans you had for your life after that point because no longer will you have your dad walking you down the aisle no longer will you have your your kids will have one of their granddads no longer will you be able to call them up on the day you get your result and tell them that you graduated university like you just can't do these things anymore and your life just changes and i and i can't again i don't i don't think you can really understand you you can't understand it and you can't really describe it unless you've been through it it's so difficult to fathom um but that's what it's like <laughs> um it is just it is just overwhelming to say the least and that summer um i've relearned life basically i've relearned kind of what my life would be like what my life is um how to do things you know how to how to put nails into a block of wood so that we can use our pergola and wrap vines around them i mowing the lawn like all of these things like financial things like practical things just life shit you you just have to be self-sufficient and i think this is one of the things i wanted to talk about I still have a mum who has not only been our mother, but been our father as well. And I have two older sisters. And yet the self-sufficiency you have to require when you lose your father, at least in our situation, is tremendous. And again, I cannot really express express this, but like the self-sufficiency I've learned over this past year has been ridiculous to the point where I genuinely do not feel any more like I'm emotionally dependent on anyone because I have just learned that I can't I can't be. No no one can no one can be the kind of emotional floater for me. I have I have to and I and I have been able to luckily help myself. I've been able to do that in all aspects of my life, but it's just at an age where you really don't think you're going to need to, you know? And I think that was what, that's one of the things that was really hard about dad's death um, was just the the shock of it because it literally came out of nowhere. Our father had a double bypass um, in 2013, no, 2014. So that was seven years ago. And he actually died a few days after um, the anniversary of that seven year anniversary of that operation. When you have that operation, you have a seven to 10 year life expectancy. I didn't know this. And thank God I didn't, because I think if I did, I would have been constantly like in anxiety about it. But that happened when I was, what, 13? And honestly, since then, I had thought about dad's death a lot. And I thought about it because we'd been in the situation where he'd had this really, you know, open heart surgery. You think about that kind of stuff, but also because his father passed away when he was 14 and all my life, I couldn't figure out (laughs) how dad had this like drive and this motivation and this, this joy, right? so naturally every day it was this desire to help people to keep going to just be him to just be happy and then my dad died and I got it because 
when that one person who and I and I really think I'm repeating verbatim a blog post that I've written here but when and I'll and, and I'll repeat it because I phrase it really well but when that one person in your life dies that one person who you want to do things do everything with and share your life with and, and make proud and whatever the only way you can then do that when they die is to keep going is to keep living and so I made I think me and and my family made that decision very very early on to keep going because that's what that's what you do it's it's just this really natural inclination to do them proud and I think there's a lot to 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 be said of the whole oh he'd be so proud of you phrase which FYI is pretty annoying but yes I know because that's what I've been doing that's why I carry on that's why I live my life and that's why I do the work that I do to show him because you know however you perceive death or an after death or whatever I do think that he's still around I do think that he can probably see what I'm doing whatever and I'm gonna bloody well show him you know all the things I'm not I'm not gonna let all the things that he taught me go to waste I'm gonna carry on I'm gonna keep living some days that's a lot harder than others of course it is absolutely but now I'm getting to the point where generally actually you know what I can do it I I can live day to day without my dad and that's probably the first time I've ever said that but it is true I can live without my dad because I do it every day I live without him physically here and yeah it is shit (laughs) I mean of course it's shit like I, I I would trade anything in the world to have him back of course I would but I can't have that so yeah I I, I can live without my dad physically here and I am and I have been for a whole year and, and, and a month now and it is what it is and and it might surprise people to hear how frankly I'm talking about it but you know what when it's your life how else are you meant to talk about it when this is your day in day out the thing that you wake up like I no longer wake up in shock that my dad isn't there to call or text I wake up and I carry on with my life because what else can I do, you know? And 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 so you do grow up very quickly. And again, I might sound very cynical or very frank for a 20-year-old girl, but you know what? 20-year-old woman, mind me. But you know what? That is what it is. I, I am frank and I am intense and I am, I do view life very differently now. And I think I do have a very different skill set and life understanding compared to my friends compared to other 20 year olds and and I think this was the other difficult thing was and 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 still is to an extent was at least for me compared to all of my friends at home I was the I'm, I'm friends at uni I was really the first person this happened to no one else had had lost a parent no one else had really known grief this close to them and that was really weird I think and and one of the things that made this situation even more intense when my friends now from home uh, we've talked about this since and they've told me what their reactions were I remember calling one of my friends if, like two days after and she picked up the phone already crying this overwhelmed me so much because I did not understand the scope of my dad's death and how that affected people at all 
And it's because it was things like he was always so present in my my friends from home, like in their lives, because he was always the dad who was like at parents' evenings and picked up people from prom and, you know, he's very, very involved and people really knew about him. But also I talked about him all the time. <laughs> I talk about my, fa- my parents, my family and particularly my dad all the time because I love him and I, I'm so proud of him. And I think he's literally the coolest guy in the world ever. And it really hit my friend a lot more than I thought, but because also it was the first parental death and I and they knew so much about him, it was weird, I think, for a lot of people. And actually, it, it does... Um, I don't think it divides you from your friends, but it definitely shows you some some differences and, and, and distance and how you, how you are different. And, and you are... You are at the core you are different at that point you know because you're no longer Rhea you're Rhea whose dad died and I recall this one experience where so he passed away in June and at the I think at the beginning of August or something uh it was one of our friends my lovely one of my lovely friends Erin who is an absolute legend shout out to you Erin um she had a kind of birthday-ish thing at her house and there there were there were like quite a few of us there and it was the first social thing that I'd gone to and I was shitting myself I was really nervous I was really overwhelmed and just the way my friends handled me (laughs) my my three of my like closest friends Gabby Yaz and Kate they all coordinated each other so one person was picking me up one person was dropping me off they were very much like anytime you want to leave we will take you like blah blah blah. like it was very very militant um in their approach to just like making sure that I had options and making sure that I was kind of catered for which I really to this day so deeply appreciate and that was amazing but I remember um we were all sat around Erin's table and we were kind of all talking in groups. And then I think Erin or, or maybe Claudia, my friend, um, I sat next to them both. And, and one of them asked me like, how are you? And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm fine. She was like, no, no, no. How actually are you? And I was talking about dad and what had like, you know, whatever. And the room suddenly went very, very quiet. And I think people kind of clocked on and listened and Claudia just kind of put her hand on my leg. And I, I, I think, that moment was one of the moments when I really realized, okay, this is different. And I'm not, I'm not just a 19 year old girl anymore. I'm 19 year old girl whose dad died and everyone's very aware of it. I I'm different. And I, I know that. And, um, people are very, very conscious of it and very, very aware of it. And it's kind of like the elephant in the room and we're not comfortable enough because we haven't talked about it enough. And it was just kind of overwhelming. But that was that was a huge moment where I really realized, okay, this this shit is different. And this is not like, this is not like, oh, you travel for a year or, oh, you know, a, your pet died or something like that. This is like your life has changed drastically and we, we're getting used to it. So that was kind of, I guess, the initial period. I mean, there's so much more to unfold as well. Um, but but that was very much the initial period. And, and, and I was fine with that. Again, like, you can't control it. It's just one of those things. It is what it is. But we got through it. And actually, I really forced myself to deal with it. And thank God I did. Because I, I think that running away from it is honestly the worst thing you can do. But 
if that's all you can do, then you're doing your best. Like it is one of those situations. There's no right way about it. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was overwhelming for sure. I then also found a lot of interesting developments in my relationships with people. I think again, I talked about this in the sisters episode, but particularly towards my sisters. So with my sisters, Sita's the eldest. She's twenty eight. Yes, is she twenty eight? Yes, she's twenty eight. <laughs> Mara is 27 and I'm 20 so there's a big gap there right there's like a seven year age gap um is Mara 27 Mara 27 I think Mara's 27 (laughs) I can't remember I think she's 27 um there's a big age gap and that's and that's a significant age gap. You know what I mean? It's not just a couple of years that is seven years that's like uh you know a whole like almost a whole generation like that's that's a long time and I didn't even think about this at first but it hit me it really really hit me and it hit me in ways that you don't expect things like oh like you've got a lot more photos with that than I do or you've actually got home videos with him I, I don't have any home videos well you like dad went to your graduation and and helped you get your first job and your first flat and moved you in and I don't have that and I I am so incredibly lucky to have had even the 19 years I had with him and and in those 19 years I, I, I had more with my dad than some people get in a lifetime absolutely but it stings it really stings like <clears throat> I, I hadn't even lived 10 years of adult life you know and I, and I don't have him and it it fucking sucks, man. It really, really is shit. And it grew a bitterness for me towards my sisters, which I did not expect at all. And it was jealousy. It is jealousy of you had more time with him. You had more memories, more opportunities, more more everything with him. And, and I'm never going to have that. And and I've got to just continue living with, with like, knowing that, knowing that I, I, he's not going to be here for graduation and all of these big events in my life. And it fucking hurts, man. It Like, like it honestly does suck. And, like, I, I, again, it's it's one of those things where even within grief, even when you've experienced grief, like, if you, if you don't know what that dynamic's like, if you don't know what it's like to be the youngest, like, you don't know what that feeling's like because it's just shit, man, like, and I've really had to learn how to process those things and learn how to deal with them, and I I am very, very well, for sure, and I no longer feel this resentment towards my sisters at all, but they, I'm very lucky that they fully understood and appreciated that, so I never felt alienated by it, but it sucks, bro, like, honestly sucks, but and this is something that I just had to latch onto, and, and I still think to this day, for whatever reason, I had the time I had with my dad for a reason, and it was less than my sisters, it was less than all of my family members, because I'm the youngest, but in those 19 years that I had with him, he taught me and he gave me everything I would ever need to be a fully functioning, fully fledged adult woman who could live her life without her dad everyone else needed a bit more time than me you know and th- and that is just something that i had to accept and help and helped me to accept that was just okay it's shit but everyone else needed a bit more time and you just didn't need that time because you learned those things that you needed to learn quicker and 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 whatever and they settled 
easier I don't know so that really helped but you know that jealousy it will always be there I guess to some extent and and that kind of sucks but I'm working through it but it but it was one of those things and it just changes kind of your relationships and your dynamics with people I guess it changed my relationships with my friends I mean I was already very much the the mum friend like I've always been the mum friend but now it's like even more so because I'm the mum friend who like is actually like she's a 50 year old because her dad has died now like I've got that weird life niche experience and it's weird and I don't necessarily like it but it is what it is and it does just make you like appreciate things differently I guess and weirdly actually since my dad passed away I've had about three or four friends whose dads have also passed away and it is really that thing of in that moment you gain a new appreciation for someone because you realize shit this is horrible this is a horrible feeling and Rhea's been living with it for like a year for example and it's just a really weird one like it is just kind of this thing that completely changes you and your perspective and your understanding of things it changes how you function on a daily basis there was a period of time um in in January where I literally couldn't work for about two weeks straight because I was just so sad every day I was just crying all the time I couldn't I couldn't like concentrate on work and I had to email my like uh tutors at uni and just say listen I'm really sorry but I can't I can't work because of a b and c and I was incredibly lucky to have very very understanding supportive tutors who were just like we get it take the time you need but that that was a very lucky position to be in but it just changes everything and it 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 just means that you miss out on not just experiences but you just miss out on actual time because you are sad and I think people will will think that and think oh my god just like live your life when grief is so crippling that sometimes you literally cannot bring yourself to do anything sometimes you literally just have to sit sometimes you just have to lie down sometimes you just have to cry for three hours because there is nothing else you can do because that grief and that sadness is so overwhelming. And again, you cannot explain this. And unless you've been through it, you don't understand it because it's unlike any other sadness you'll ever feel in your life. But it's so debilitating sometimes where you just have to sit there and feel it. And I'm bloody glad I did because when you don't feel it and you push it away, it builds up and it gets worse. I made myself feel it. I made myself not work for two weeks because I was like, you know what? I just have to feel my shit right now I'm feeling away and I have to feel my way through it and yeah it's shit and yeah I've I've missed out on some experiences and opportunities because of it but you know what I don't regret it because now I'm in a position where I can deal with my grief I've been dealing with my grief and uh, not to brag but I've got a bloody degree I've got a whole degree after losing my dad like I had to go into my final year without my dad, without my best friend, my mentor in so many capacities, without the one person who I academically relied on constantly. And I got a 2-1 and I absolutely fucking smashed it, to be honest. But it 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 means so much more now because, okay, I never thought I'd be able to, but I did do it without him. 
I did complete it without him but it didn't mean that on results day it made it any less painful to see all of my friends calling their parents and me just there being not being able to celebrate with the one person I wanted to celebrate with and yeah believe me I know he's proud of me I know blah blah like fucking hell I know I know of course I know but it still hurts you know it still sucks and it will suck on every big occasion of my life it it will suck but over time that sadness becomes less debilitating and less suffocating and now I'm a year on I've graduated university I've got a degree I have I've 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 gotten into a master's program I have a job I am running a platform which I am so lucky to have and I did that without my dad and that's where we are so I know that's kind of a lot and and the the difficult thing with talking about grief is is you you will constantly be going down rabbit holes so you can't really just sit and talk about grief because grief is just one of those things where it's like there's constant tangents with it but I think I'm going to wrap it up here for today I think that's kind of a good introduction to initial thoughts feelings the first shock self-sufficiency all of that kind of stuff if people would like me to talk about specifics part of grief and again I will be doing lots more episodes on grief I'm sure and and hopefully with guests as well then I absolutely will just let me know um thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode I really do hope that you found some comfort in it or maybe you're just nosy and you want to know which is so far enough um as always there's a lot more to do with grief over on the blog the website and our instagram which is at mtrch or mtrch.com thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great day wherever you are